Welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi. The big news this week, hoops-wise locally, Shawnee, was that Jimber Fredette is going back to Shanghai, played for the Sharks for a few seasons, did one year in Greece, and now he's going back to Shanghai where they gave him a nickname, where they gave him a sneaker, where he's got a clothing line. Uh, he is an absolute rock star in China, and so why the heck not, right? Yeah, a cultural phenomenon. Um, I'm looking forward to our guest today. I've never gotten a chance to talk to Jimmer yet. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so this will be great. Awesome. All right. Well, then, without any further delay, uh, Jimmer Fredette is with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Jimmer, it's great to see you, man. It's, it's been a little while, even though we've had a chance to talk on the radio and that type of stuff. But how's everybody, the family, healthy, I hope? Yeah, we've been really good, um, you know. Um, I've been home since March, mid-March, when uh, everything shut down for the EuroLeague. And uh, so I've been here ever since. So it's it's been kind of nice to just be here with my family for a long period of time. Um, you know, we've all been healthy, fortunately, and, and safe. So hopefully everyone is continuing to stay, stay that way. But, um, you know, we've been doing really well and, uh, you know, excited to be able to go back over to China and play this year. Yeah, tell us about the uh, decision-making process there about going back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it was a difficult decision. I feel like uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it every single year when you're a free agent and you're you're trying to to make that decision. Um, I had a player option to stay in Panathinaikos if I did want to, um, you know, but I felt like uh, it was the best opportunity and, and my game fits best over in China. Um, so that's that was kind of our decision. Um, it's a great deal. We're excited about it. And, uh, you know, excited to get back to the Shanghai people and see my people over there and the fans and everything and hopefully have a great season. Jimber, you've talked about how difficult the decision is and not even just to go to China, but, e but even to spend a season in Greece away from family. Uh, how much did you and your wife and now with with two kids, did you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest thing for us. We just have to decide what is best for our family at this time. And, um, you know, they, they came over to Greece and was able to experience that for, for quite a while. They were over there for about four months um, wow. out of it. And uh, so they loved being over there. Uh, we had great living, living space and, uh, you know, we made a lot of great friends. So that was a fun experience to, to kind of experience Europe and, and go all over that, that, that um, go all over the continent and be able to have a, a great opportunity to see some cool cities and experience some great cultures. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And my family was able to be a part of that. Um, you know, they probably won't be in China as much as they were in Europe, but um, you know, it was a, the best opportunity for us at, at this time in my career. And uh, it's never an easy decision to do that, to leave the little ones behind. But um, ultimately it's for them and you're doing it for them. And you just have to continue to, to tell yourself that. So we just talked about it. They, they love you over there, man. The, the, the nickname, I mean, you, like you said, become a kind of a pop culture phenomenon there. What is it like being that big of a star? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, uh... It's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I've had a I had a great journey there for the last, you know, three years before this. And, um, you know, the, like I said, the people of Shanghai really kind of latched on to our team and myself and my family and just really they really loved us. And we appreciated that so much, um, you know, so to be able to go back there and see the people. I mean, I when, when I signed 
uh, my announcement, you know, had 750,000 views quickly on my, my Weibo, <laughs> which is like Twitter over there. And, uh, you know, thousands of comments and everything, people excited for us to come back. Um, so I'm excited to hopefully capture that magic again and be able to, you know, continue to, to be someone that's uh, uh, prominent over there and be a good role model and be a, a great basketball player. And hopefully the Chinese kids will want to grow up and be a Shanghai Shark someday. Is this a one-year deal? What is the the outlook here for the rest of your time in China? Yeah, uh, right now it's a, a one-year deal, and then there's a sort of like a team option type deal with it. But um, right now it's a it's a, a one-year deal, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I would imagine, Jimmer, the ultimate goal is to probably get back to the NBA at some point. Is that right? Honestly, no. For me, not really. Um, and at this point, it's you know, if 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 an opportunity comes up, great. But that's not the goal. The goal is to to be able to just play um, for as long as I can and 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 do as well as I can and be in the the place that that fits my my game the best. Um, you know, I only go back to the NBA if it's a really good fit. I'm not just going to go back just to to be there. You know, I've been there, done that, been there for for a while, and and uh, you know, not a not a great place for me to be able to just be on a team. You know, if I'm going to be a part of a team and actually you know earn minutes and play, that's one thing. But if if not, I uh, you know I have better opportunities for me over over in Europe and in China where actually I would make more money anyway. And uh, so it's it's definitely uh, you know not on the radar as of this point, if it happens, great. But uh, yeah, not something that I'm worried about. I want to ask you one thing, Jimmer, about the NBA and, and whether you're watching uh, the playoffs or not and what's happening in the bubble just kind of as a, as a hoops fan. Um, but going back to China, you said it, it kind of fits your game better than it what you, you the one season you spent in Greece. You had a, what, a 73-point game with Shanghai and a 75-point game with Shanghai, what is it about that league that's just so good for you? Well, I mean, the the imports in China, you know, they call us imports over there. So the imports in China, uh, you know, it's you're you're very ball dominant. I mean, you're able to kind of handle the ball and kind of do what you want um, every single uh, every single game. They rely on you for so much, whether it's you know scoring or getting others involved, um, you know, rebounding, whatever it is. They're 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 really reliant on the imports. So, I mean, for me, I've always been a natural scorer. That's just kind of what I've been able to do. So I'm able to really go out there and, and help my team because I can usually score better than the other import on the other team. And, uh, you know, that helps our team and, and we can become better. Whereas, you know, in Europe, it's very much, you know, uh, very more team oriented. Um, you know, everybody takes, you know, six to eight shots a game. Everyone plays 20 minutes a game, uh, movement of the ball, everything. And, and that was good for me to experience. Um, you know, I was able to, to try to become more efficient when I get a shot, be able to make it, uh, make sure that you, you know, have to play with that efficiency. So I think that that really helped me in Europe. But um, ultimately, I think the game in China, you know, really, really fits my style much better. They, they really want scores over there, and that's what I've been able to do. So I hope, you know, hope to be able to continue to do that. So how is it playing in another country, communicating with your teammates and really just everybody around you? I guess, how is your Chinese, or is it just really a lot of people speak English? Yeah, there's there's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I don't speak Chinese very well. I know a few things to get around town. 
Um, I, I know more Chinese than I know Greek. I'll put it that way. But okay. uh, but it's it's still not easy. And um, there's there's a lot of people in Shanghai that'll speak at least some English, which is nice. Um, my teammates most of the time speak pretty good English, but I do have a translator that if I need something off the floor with my apartment, um, with food, restaurants, whatever it is, that I can call them and uh, they can help me out. Uh, and then if I have a Chinese coach, then, you know, that doesn't speak great English, then I for sure have the translator next to me and he's letting me know what's going on. But most of the time, the teammates know basketball lingo at least. Um, so we can kind of communicate when we're on the floor. And then there's some guys that speak perfect English that went to college in the U.S. or high school in the U.S. And I really rely on those guys um, as we're, we're traveling and everything. So it's definitely different. You kind of get used to it at a certain point. Um, you know, you're just like, it is what it is. You're you're looking at the translator instead of the coach and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's different, but you get used to it. Jimber, just a couple more things here. Um, the NBA bubble, are you watching the NBA at all? And if you are, why does it seem to be such a, a shooter's paradise? Definitely been watching it. Um, you know, for, for me, as far as, you know, what I think, um, it's just like playing AAU basketball right now or playing in a, you know, a pickup game in the summer kind of. Just because there's no one watching uh, that, that's actually in the stands, so the energy is pretty low. Um, but you feel a lot more relaxed and a lot more comfortable in that, in that environment. You don't have nearly as much adrenaline, that type of thing, because, you know, you just don't feed off the energy of the crowd. So you're just playing like you're playing a pickup game. And I think when, when guys are able to do that, they're able to relax and play, you're going to see some amazing performances. And that's kind of what's been happening in the bubble. So I've been watching some and, and, you know, keeping, keeping up to date on everything, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think it's it's been really actually very, very good basketball, but it's kind of what I expected since there's not there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, energy in the crowd. They're just playing. There's been a lot made of the conditions all being exactly the same. They're playing, you know, the same backdrops, uh, you know, the same temperature. The environment is always the same as a score, as a shooter. How much do you think that is playing a role as well for why guys are having so much success scoring? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you feel comfortable with the, once you get comfortable with the gym, um, you know, you see that they see the ball and you have that and as professional athletes. You have muscle memory. Um, you see the ball go in the basket and and you just continue to do that. Um, you know, so it definitely plays a part in it being able to have the same backdrop and everything. But these guys, you know, they, that doesn't really bother them all that much, to be honest with you. Um, you're pretty much, you know, you're going to be able to shoot pretty much anywhere. If you're a great shooter, you're going to be able to shoot anywhere. And a lot of these guys are. Um, so I think it's, you know, mostly because they're just relaxed. They're just relaxed out there. They're just playing pickup basketball and enjoying their time. All right, Timmer. I hear you're getting called away from us. <laughs> yeah, I have the, the two little ones right now. They're eating some breakfast and everything. So uh, Taft is uh, seems like he's ready to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna add some of your trick shots to this. Um, how did that start? Why did you start doing it? Yeah, um, honestly, it was just like random, just because. I mean, we were kind of in quarantine and we were just hanging out at the house and. You know, I have a little Tykes basketball hoop and, you know, it's just kind of shooting around one day and, you know, making some crazy shots and everything. And with my wife, of course, she's the social media star. She knows that, you know, she's really good at it way better than I am. She's like, you should just start filming these and, you know, call it Trick Shot Tuesday and just, you know, do it every Tuesday and let's do it. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I just started thinking some stuff and 
And uh, I think I'm going to be known more for Trick Shot Tuesday than anything else in my career. I mean, everybody that I see now is like, I love Trick Shot Tuesday. Keep doing it. It's the best part of my day. And I'm like, all right, well, it's like I have something here. So it's been a lot of fun to do. And hopefully people keep enjoying it. And hopefully I can keep being creative. It's kind of hard to keep thinking of things, honestly. <laughs> well, you put what a ball in a boot the other day. So yeah. you're, you're figuring this thing out for yeah. sure, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with a lot of creative talent behind me that are that are trying to help me with it <laughs> you were doing it on a scooter as well jim man uh stay healthy again congrats on on the new deal in shanghai um and and we found highlights to run on news channel 13 from shanghai before and and, and i know we'll do it again man yeah stay healthy. good luck buddy sounds good thanks guys you, same to you talk to you later Jim Fredette, uh, of course, the Glens Falls great, the BYU great, the National Player of the Year in 2011, a lottery pick in the NBA, and now headed back uh, to Shanghai, where, as we said, he's got that nickname, Jimo Dashen, mm -hmm. and he's got his own sneaker and his clothing line, and he's he's going to kill it over there again, man, no doubt. Do you think we could organize a game of horse with Jimmer uh, before he heads over to, to China? What do, you think? do you feel like being embarrassed like that? Boy, that's good. That's a good point. It will be, be a quick game. I have a feeling. There's no doubt. We we'll rack up the letters pretty quick. Yeah, if we can get into into a gym, given all that's happening, if we yeah. get into a gym where you know Jimmer's working out before he goes. But I think they start in October. Okay. Um, you know. All right. That would be a good that. video. It would be a good video. It would be. It yeah. would be. And like you said, it it wouldn't take long. No. Um, before we get out of here, should we just talk about how awful the Houston Rockets are? You know what? I had high hopes for them because it looked like a team that was willing to play defense and wanted to play defense. And and not that they're giving up a ton of points, Bags, but now they can't make a shot. Yeah. I, I think that what we've seen out of – how many years do we have to watch Mike D'Antoni coach basketball where it's like you can you can go win a million regular season games and it just doesn't work in the playoffs? Yep. I mean, how, how many years do we have to go through this same thing? And I'm not saying that he isn't a good coach. I think he is a good coach. It's just stylistically there's obviously a change when you go from regular season to postseason. And that adjustment just seems like it's never made. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, no, this is the way we do it. This is the way we've been successful. So we're going to make it be successful in the postseason, even though it doesn't fit that style of play. It, it's just it's never going to work. He's never going to be a good playoff coach. But they OK. Yeah, you're probably right, because he's at the end of his career, close to it anyway. And he's not going to be back in Houston next year. His contract is going to expire and, and that's going to be that. But. It's as much the player as it is the coach. How many guys on Houston bags, regardless of style, bring Jeff Van Gundy back and, and Van Gundy can try to implement 1990s Knicks basketball. How many guys on that Rockets roster could play that way? Well, yeah, that's I, I agree. And, and ultimately, the, the biggest issue that I think we both have with Houston is that we just feel like, Harden's not a guy you can trust come playoff time. Westbrook's not a guy. that, As great as they are, as uber-talented as these guys are, walking triple-doubles on any given night, 
they're not championship caliber guys. They don't, to me, they don't inspire that. Now, in the first round, you know, they, they played a, a tighter series than I thought it should have been. Mm-hmm. And Harden wasn't great in game seven, but he ultimately made a defensive play that helped win the game for them. Um, and I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe if I've been wrong about it. And look, the Lakers are great, okay? The Lakers are a better team. But how many years in a row, too, do we have to sit here and say, boy, you just can't trust Harden to, to get to the championship? Yeah, no, I, I don't really have to say it anymore and, and say it about Westbrook, too. Right. Uh, the Tony thing obviously goes back to those great regular season Phoenix Suns teams. Yeah. Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion was on those teams. Um, yeah, it, it just is kind of the same song and dance. But, and you just did say the Lakers are great. Let's at least give a little bit of respect here to LeBron. LeBron James, here's, here's what I've finally come to realize about LeBron James. Wow. Not only is he the best player on the planet, okay, and he still is that. Even if Kevin Durant is healthy, Agreed. LeBron's still the best player on the planet. When LeBron wants to play well, he will put when, when when LeBron needs to play well, he will play well. This isn't about want. When LeBron needs to play well, he will beat you. That yeah. that is what I'm like finally now realizing 17 years into LeBron James' career is that when he needs to play well, he's gonna do that. Game one, okay, give it to Houston. But net, but then you take them off. And LeBron was like, enough of this, and before you know it. Lakers are back up 3-1. Yeah, and they close this thing out, right? Next yeah. game. This is it. It's, it's yeah. done. And Houston, uh, rather, the Clippers, they just seem like they're the better team, right, in that series. They're, they're just the better team. And it looks like now, more than ever, we're going to get that all-LA battle in the Western Conference Finals. It'll be LeBron needing to win. But it'll be up against Kawhi and a better Clippers team and a better coach team than they're playing right now. How do you see it shaking out? I've liked the Clippers from the start only because I believe that the Clippers' defense will be the difference in the playoffs. They had two first-team All-NBA defensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks had the defensive player of the year. How'd that work out? Well, he injured his ankle. I understand, but and he's also they lost the first three games. Well, listen, do you want one guy who can play defense, or do you want a team okay. of guys? All right, now I look. I understand. You know, I'm just saying, LeBron. Give me the matchup. I want to see the matchup, and I know Denver is interesting. Murray and Jokic. I, I want to see the two LA teams. It's it's the matchup I've wanted to see when you go back to October. Of last year, it was always, hey, let's get Clippers Lakers for a shot in the NBA Finals. Right. And I, w- I would, today, I would take the Clippers. All right. And who you got tonight in game seven? Raptors Celtics. Take them both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't love it, but, I, but I'll take Boston. I don't know that I really believe it, but I'll take Boston. All right. I'll take Toronto. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, there's something about their championship mentality from last year that is still there, even though Kawhi isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I There's just – there's you're right. There's something about them. 
the way I mean they've really down 2-0 and a in a millisecond away from being down 3-0 in this series it looked like they were done I mean if in in Boston we talked about this with the Islanders right against against the Flyers and it's like you know you just you let a team live and live and live and all of a sudden now you're on the brink of getting knocked out it feels the same way with Boston not closing out that third game you're up 2-0 in the series and up two points with less than a second to go in in the third game it feels like because that shot went down that Toronto is somehow destined to come back and win this series for me I guess Did we'll you watch that. the NFL game last night of course all right keep it there we're going to get into what we saw from the Texans and the Chiefs last night without the preseason that was pretty good football that was pretty, pretty good Look ahead to Sunday. Look back at last night's Texans-Chiefs game next right here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed. Overworked. Job sucks. Underappreciated. When life sucks, just say Dillagath. Our clothing line puts the F.U. back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagath isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillagathUSA.com. Probably no real great surprise that the Chiefs won last night. Did you use them as, as your survivor pick? No. Okay. Um, but I thought it was pretty good football considering we hadn't seen anything since the Super Bowl in February that opening night, Mahomes looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Watson still had some moments, but in the end, no shock that Kansas City's the better team. No. First of all, we clearly don't need an NFL preseason, right? Clearly. Um, because, yes, that did feel normal. It felt normal. Maybe more so than any first game back. And really, you know, the NFL didn't even miss any games because of the pandemic. It's the one sport that really wasn't affected. And maybe that's why it does just kind of feel normal. It was a little weird at first watching the game, though, maybe because there's no preseason. Um, but it felt like, wow, football's on too early because we're in this mindset almost now like that we're, that we're in June, right? Because we're watching the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. I know baseball and baseball is there, but it's like it's not the big deal yet, even though it's really near the end of the baseball season. It's it feels like we're we're a few months behind, and all of a sudden now we have NFL football. But as far as what we saw, it felt like the most normal to me watching sports again since the pandemic really started, which was nice. And yeah, you're right. No big surprise. I felt stupid for not taking the Chiefs. Like Vegas always gets it right, and the, and they were right again. Like that probably will be, in hindsight, after week one, the the surest bet of week one. And for some reason, I didn't take them. 
Yeah, I took Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Me too. Okay. But I went. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, it was nice to see football. Uh, I don't think the while the pregame um, demonstrations, I think illuminated kind of what NFL teams will try to do this year. In no way do I think it took away from the fact that it was opening night and we were getting into football season or anything like that. Um, if anything, it's the video, and if you haven't seen it, the video that the Miami Dolphins put out yesterday condemning kind of how the NFL has handled racial injustice uh, over the last handful of years. That, to me, will, will be a talking point over the weekend, more so than what the Chiefs and Texans decided to do, which was different. They decided to do different things. Right. Yeah. We've we've seen this before, I guess, in the NFL, um, and it doesn't – look, none of it bothers me. You know, right. once once the game kicks off, it's it's back to normal. So, and it really shouldn't bother anybody. You know, the people who get upset about this kind of thing, it I don't know, I don't understand it really personally. Uh, the people who say they won't watch football or they can't enjoy football because they don't agree with other elements, haven't to me, it just doesn't make sense. And and for the people who who do agree with all of it and do support it. Obviously it's not going to make a difference. Um, so it's, yeah, there's no, there's no taking away of anything as far as once, once the ball's kicked off, it's football. And, and I support uh, a lot of what they're doing anyway with, with this stuff. So it really obviously doesn't bother me. And yeah, once, once the ball's in the air, man, it's just a regular football game. And if you can't, if you can't enjoy that, then, you're not a sports fan, I guess. Are you locked in Sunday, Jets Bills? Yeah, the Jets. The Jets. I feel like the Jets always play the Bills, and they always lose. So yes, I'll be locked in. I don't know, man. It, this is just. It feels like the season's already over for the Jets. <laughs> I mean, come on, you can't let it go that quickly. They're just. They're not. I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned they're not going to be good. You know, won't be. I don't think they will be. Yeah. And the defense, I think, is going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. No Adams, no Mosley, who opted out. Um, and even if Le'Veon Bell is better, and even if Sam Darnold, as Joe Namath expects, takes a, a big step here in his third year, I think the defense is going to end up being the problem for the Jets this year. And football is hard to watch when your team's defense stinks. It's really tough. hard. It's tough. Uh, I wanted to ask you this because I thought about this the other day watching a baseball game. Baseball is clearly the worst sport to watch when your team is losing, right? Because it's it's so – basketball can change so quickly. And a football game can change quickly. And not that a baseball game can't. You could have a four or five run inning that changes the game very quickly. But – you know, basketball, it could be a 10-2 run, and you could get a stop and a score, a stop and a score very quickly. Football, you could get a pick, and all of a sudden you go from defense to offense. But baseball, it's it's terrible when you're down like three runs even. Your team comes up, you don't score. Now you gotta you gotta get sit through a whole 
uh, you know, another half inning of watching the other team maybe add to this lead. It's going to be 15 minutes before your guys are back at the plate. It's terrible, right? And I, may, you know, I notice it because the Mets are down all the time. But it's well, so hard to stay into the game when they're when they're just and also the Mets have been giving up a lot of runs early in games. So okay, it's like they're playing from behind. Here are my two comparisons from last year, directly from last year. Sure. And I think the answer is football for me. The okay. Braves, the Braves gave up ten runs in the first inning of a win or go home playoff game against the Cardinals, right? Game five of the NLDS. That game was over before the Braves came to the plate. It was over. But the Packers in the NFC Championship game got absolutely run through by the 40. I think it's football because there's something more demoralizing about just getting your butt kicked by someone who's just pushing you around on a field, physically dominating you, hmm. as opposed to hits here and there and a home run here and there. I get it. It's it's awful, and you go through pitchers like crazy. But when you just simply cannot stop another team's offense and they physically push you around, that to me is more infuriating as a fan when you just can't get a stop defensively on the football field. Yeah, but see, you're really talking about what sport does it feel worse to get blown out in, whereas I'm talking about what is the worst sport to watch when you're trailing in general. So, like, if the Packers are down – the Packers are down two touchdowns early in this game yeah. up against the Vikings week one, you're still going to be locked into it, and you feel like, okay, well, we're only one score away here. I mean, we're, we're getting the ball back. Rodgers takes us down the field. The game, you know, you're still locked into the game. Whereas, like, oh my God, and I guess through this entire half inning, there's no interception, there's no turnover, there's no steal at midcourt, there's no great defensive play, a block that starts a fast break that gets you two points and gets some momentum. There's none of that. It's a full half inning of we got to go get three outs now. It's going to take forever, and then then we'll get back up, and maybe you know with our seven, eight, nine hitters, the next inning we'll try to muster out a run, right? right? Like that's yeah. you know it's going to be a long time before even our good hitters are up again, right? It's it's to me it's just terrible when you're trailing in baseball, and again the Mets do it all the time. They give up these first and second inning runs, and it's like oh. God. But the home run is so prevalent now. It is. You really could feel. And there's a DH in the National League now. The lineup is longer, deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're down by two or three runs, the Braves get down. They were down 5 nothing last night. They are the king of the comeback this year. And my guess is that doesn't bode well for how things go in the postseason. But they are down 5 nothing last night. And I did. I saw it on my phone. Down 5 nothing, You know what? Not playing well. Again, maybe they cut. But they are scoring runs in bunches. I mean, Freeman hit two home runs last night. Swanson hit a homer as well. And before you know it, they win 7-6. Yeah, but a lot of teams don't do that, too. A lot of teams get down 5 nothing. and the game's over. Yeah, and I get it. Five isn't that many. So that's another reason why it's like, you know, because, again, football, you've got that – You've got that pick six that could always just change a game instantly. 
And even if you make the best defensive play ever, I don't care if you turn an incredible triple play, it means nothing for the coming up to bat. Nothing. That's tough. Yeah. All right. That's my rant. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I can't wait for Sunday, man. Cannot wait for Sunday. Our survivor picks again. Colts over the Jaguars. It'll be just like Jacksonville to put us out of our misery early. Yeah. I don't like this, that we took the same. I know. Um, But it's fine. We'll see what happens. We won't do that much this season. We will not do that. We don't consult. It's just the pick is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we talked about – and you said it the other day. I brought up literally every game. You know, this one – what about yeah, the Raiders? Feel good about? Yeah, I know. And and week one is tough. It's yeah. Which is again, what's the surest bet? Take the Super Bowl champions at home, coming at I talked myself out of it. I looked at all the lines if that Vegas had lined up, that was the surest bet, the biggest point spread. And I said, no chance of taking that game. Idiot. All right, man. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, If you missed Jimmer for dead at the start, you know what to do. Go back and watch us uh, with his signing on the Shanghai Sharks. See you, Bags. Thanks for watching, everyone.